0: and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, I'm really excited to have this week's guest. Her name is Courtney Tarrant, and she is a Facebook ads expert for online entrepreneurs. So thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, me too. And I'm, I'm really excited about this conversation because, um, you know, it's funny. I actually just thought of this. I was speaking to someone this morning and she was like, do you know anybody that runs Facebook ads and like Instagram ads? And I was like, you know, I don't really know somebody that I can think of off the top of my head. So now, now I do. <laughs> now you do. Yay. I'm so <laughs> glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um, so awesome. Um, so you got your champagne and everything and that's I all do. good. Yes, everything is
1: great. Thank you so much. This has been my most favorite experience before I even got on the podcast. And so I'm just, I'm even more excited to be here. I do tend to talk fast when I get excited. So I'll do my best to governor myself. But just in case, I want to warn you guys to put your extra listening ears on today.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I'm the same way. Like I had to record, um, like a summit webinar for this online summit a week ago and I listened to it and I was like, Oh my God, slow down.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, I just have so many thoughts and so many ideas. Mm. I just, I can't get them out fast enough. Sometimes
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel your pain. (laughs) Awesome. Yay. So let's dive in, you know, like how long have you been a business owner? Like what is it? Who does it help? You know, all that, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So I have been in business since 2015. So this is a year number five. I'm super excited about that because I know that's like the year that we all really want to make it to in small business, right? Like, Yeah. That's a milestone. It. Yeah. Five years is a big deal. And so I'm really excited. I've been doing this for five years. I actually started out as an exclusive social media marketing agency where I did all the things. I did Pinterest and Twitter and LinkedIn and everything. And now I really focus on, and the only things that we do is just Facebook and Instagram ads. And so Mm -hmm. I have this wonderful, I call it small, but mighty Facebook ads agency. And our number one goal is to help online entrepreneurs grow and scale through the use of ads. And so we take really wonderful, successful, passionate brand owners, and we help scale the efforts that they're already doing and ultimately create profitability with ads online. Um, I love it. And I love all of my clients. And it's like my most favorite thing.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I know. Like, cause I have, I don't do advertising so much, but like I do marketing for clients and isn't that like just the greatest thing, like having awesome clients to work with and like their wins, like you get to celebrate with them, you know, like there's nothing better than that.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes.
0: I, my
1: clients become my friends and we, Just get on our meetings and we get to chat and we get to talk, and I get to really hear not only about like the growth that's happening inside of their business, which I love, but I get to hear about really what that means for their life. So I have this like little secret that about my life where ads and Facebook ads, Instagram ads is not the reason that I get out of bed in the morning. My clients are the reason I get out of bed in the morning to just see them grow and be able to take a step away from their business. Um, and really still see continued profits and scalability in a way that they haven't before without ultimately them with their finger on the trigger, really like making the business go ads gives them a little bit more of that freedom and their lives back. And that to me is what ultimately makes it so worth it. And so exciting. My clients are, are like the whole reason why I love what I do.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Um yeah and so we talked about this being a slightly different format than like a normal one. So yeah, I'd love to just like dive in what you want to talk about. Like I know you have so much great information. So yeah, I don't know. Like how yeah. do, how do, how do they get started retargeting? Like all of those whatever you oh. want to share with us would be
1: amazing. Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, I'm so excited about this because uh, right now it is uh, as we're recording this, it's the middle of April and the pandemic is happening and it is real, right? And we are in the middle of really unprecedented times um in our world. And I think that we all just need to take a moment moment and just take a deep breath in and understand and, and just feel into the fact that like this happen this is happening and it sucks. Mm. And it's it does. hard. <laughs> and it's 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 okay that it sucks and it's okay that it's hard. I think what we as small business owners have to do is sort of pick ourselves up by our bootstraps, if you will. I'm from Texas, so a lot of sale. I have a lot of those little isms, but really pick <laughs> ourselves up and say, how can I continue to find joy in my business beyond like, how do I pivot? and What does should my message say? But how can I continue to find joy in my business? and scale and grow amidst what is probably one of the most uncertain times that we as business owners have faced in over a decade.
0: Right. Yeah. I know. I've seen so many people like, I'm pivoting. I have to pivot. How do I pivot? You know, and it's just like, everybody's so scared, you know, and I just want to like reach out and like hug them all,
1: you know? I know. Yes. Okay. Virtual hug to everybody that is (laughs) feeling the pivot pressure right now
0: Mm -hmm. because it
1: is real. Um, and I really think that as specifically, like as entrepreneurs, we, we need to also appreciate the flexibility that we have in our businesses that we're able to pivot, Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: pivoting is not what I want to talk about today because honestly, if you're anything like me, like you're tired of hearing that word, you're like, let's. Let's just all move on and stop pivoting.
0: Right. Like at first it was funny and like you didn't know all the friends memes with like pivot the couch, but now it's like, oh God, please stop.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I want to just kind of share with you guys a little bit about my own experience. So I manage I manage lots of money for my clients each month um inside of Facebook ads and I wanted to share with you what I'm actually seeing boots on the ground and hopefully shed a little bit of light and hope into your world. Um, from a Facebook ads perspective, there is, there has not been a better time to start advertising on Facebook, which is so exciting. And I mean, throughout this, this podcast, I'm going to say Facebook, but really what I mean is Facebook and Instagram because they are from an ads perspective, just so closely intertwined. Um, so I just wanted to make that note, but the, the amazing things that I'm seeing is, is really the decrease in costs to just get in front of people. So what before would have cost us maybe 20, $25 to get in front of people is now costing us between 10 and $15, which is amazing. And as, awesome. an, ad- yes. and as an advertiser and an entrepreneur, understanding that there is potential and there is space for us and there is availability for us to smartly invest in ourselves and in our business in this time, I think is is exciting and encouraging. And for my clients, a lot of them are actually doing better than they were before COVID happened. Um, and before we were all staying home and snowing masks and trying to pivot, a lot of them have stayed true to their own course. And um, because of those lowered those lowered costs, ultimately they're seeing a higher return in their business. Now I want to put a disclaimer on that and say, do we think that this is sustainable and have the the cost of Facebook ads dropped forever? I don't think that that's true, Mm -hmm. but I do think that it's an amazing opportunity for us as small business owners to get our feet wet because the big players are so worried about PR that there are a lot of them are not advertising. And that opens up a lot of space and opportunity for the little guy to kind of, to make our move right now. And I feel really excited about that.
0: Yeah, that's huge. Um, I was talking to, um, one of my clients yesterday and he was asking that he was like, I don't know, it seems cheaper. Have prices dropped? And I was like, I, you know, I don't really know. So that is really good to know. I'm going to have to email him when we get off and let him know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so it's, it's been an amazing time to just kind of be a part of that. So for some, a lot of my clients, I mainly work with online entrepreneurs, meaning if there is a conversion happening online, those are my people. Um, and so I work with a lot of e-commerce stores. Now mm-hmm. e-commerce stores don't have a physical location, but a lot of them sell wholesale, right? They sell to I have one client who sells to Nordstrom and they do pop-up sales and that's a big piece of their revenue. But mm-hmm. throughout the pandemic, although those sales have not been coming in, the sales through their ads have been really consistent and have been able to generate enough money for them to be able to still afford their warehouse, still afford their people, and not have to totally, you know, freak out and lay a bunch of people off and and make moves in their business that us as business owners we don't want to do that, right? Right. And so I think that that creating a strategy a marketing strategy that is sustainable and scalable and ultimately profitable is so important, especially in times like this. And so I kind of wanted to dive into how to do that and what that means and kind of how to get started with that in, in terms of Facebook and Instagram ads.
0: Yeah, that would be great. Like, I know what I was, I have it written down. I was just taking notes, like where, like, how would, how would we get started? Like, what would be like the first step or, you know, things like yeah. that?
1: Yeah. So the very first step that I would like for everybody to be doing, if you have not done this already, is definitely install the Pixel in your, into your website. So the Pixel is, for anybody that doesn't know, a piece of tracking code that is installed into your website that tracks the people who have visited your website and enables you as a business owner to get back in front of them. Think of it as a beautiful pool of all of your warmest leads all together that you have access to on social media, specifically through Facebook and Instagram. Um, that audience is invaluable mm-hmm. and so incredibly scalable when we talk about creating the foundations of a good marketing strategy. We want to get back in front of those people who are the most interested and who have been with us the most recently, um, and really give them an offer and give them an opportunity to convert. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely want to make sure that you are installing that pixel first and foremost. And second, I want you to categorize and create a, a way for your conversions to happen online. I think if this, 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 world situation, this world global pandemic has taught us anything, it is that the future of work is changing. And so for us to be able to respond to that change, sort of by force in this time, but it won't last forever. And so what does your online acquisition funnel look like, even if you are a brick and mortar? So even if you are a, let's say, for example, um, a, a pizza shop, you're a local pizza shop, a local restaurant, and you're really looking to scale your sales, especially your curbside sales in a time like this. I think that you need to be understanding and looking at how you are acquiring those people online and getting the word out that your doors are open Mm -hmm. and that you are ready, especially when things open back up, that you are ready to get people kind of back in, back in and get those butts in seats and get ready to, to serve and to ultimately fill out that passion of feeding your community in a great way. Um, I think that categorizing those conversions in a way that makes sense with what you're doing with Facebook and Instagram ads, which is online digital marketing is really important. So if you do have a brick and mortar shop look at opportunities like lead generation offering maybe a coupon code in exchange for an email so that you have a growing and solid email list. If you are looking for people to place orders, make sure that you have an online menu and like deliver ads to people that have visited that online menu. Let's say it's joespizza.com slash menu. Create an audience from people who have visited that and say, hey guys, we have a special going on today. Buy any large pizza, get a second one free, place your order and we'll meet you on the curbside. Um, Really having those little online conversions that lead to great offline conversions are, are going to be the keys to continuing this online structure so that should this happen again, we're prepared.
0: Yeah. I love that. So they would need the pixel, right. To be able to get whoever joined, I mean, visited Joe's pizza slash menu. Right. So then like it can go back in front of them. Just wanted to clarify for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then you get them to your curb and you wow them with your food and your customer service. And then you've got a customer, you know, that would likely going to come back.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So you, you have, And that's the other thing that, that we need to understand with digital marketing and digital media is looking at the lifetime value of your customer is just as important because it may, let's say you do that two for one pizza promotion and you're a brick and mortar. Um, you may spend the cost of that pizza, getting those people to your door, but now the they know that that's available and they're excited about your product and they're willing to come back. So definitely investing in the lifetime value of your clients um, and reaching back out to them whenever you do have specials and whenever yeah. they are, um, it is like a great time to buy or you have a sale going on. Just letting them know that you're there, that you still exist. I think part of our struggle as small business owners is how do we stand out and at any time how do we stand out and how do we, you know separate ourselves from the noise of this online environment and the way that you do that is by inviting them if you are brick and mortar inviting them offline and creating unique and memorable experiences with them um, but ultimately reminding them that you still exist um, while all of this is going on
0: yeah definitely I know I think we you know when I talk to potential customers or or even clients, you know, like the digital, 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 I'm like, but you know, there's other, lots of other strategies to kind of reinforce that, like what you've created online, but to take it offline. And then like that connection of in person, you know, when you actually talk to someone and you can see what they're saying and just, I don't know that it's just something you can't even really describe, but it grows that relationship so much more. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: And I think the flip side of that, if you are an online entrepreneur
1: and you have an e-commerce store, let's say maybe you're a coach, an online service provider, understanding that the the funnels that you had in place may not be as effective as they were before. For example, I have a client who before this all happened, she had an average order value of about $120, which is great. Like Mm -hmm. we love that. We can get great returns on that. Um, and what is amazing is during this time, the order value, how much people are buying has gone down, but how many people are buying has gone up. And so mm -hmm. understanding that life cycle of your client and what phase are they in right now? And what do I have that can ultimately serve, serve them in this climate and in this time and being okay to, be flexible and be nimble. One of my most favorite things about Facebook and Instagram ads is let's say we run something and it's doing really well. And then all of a sudden one day it's not doing well anymore. We have the flexibility and the ability to turn that off immediately, right? Mm -hmm. If you put something out there and it doesn't work, it is not forever. So that is why I always say everything is worth testing. If you have an offer that was killing it before this and it's not doing well right now. Try something else, test something else and continue to do that no matter what is happening in the world. Continue to test and try new things and stay in front of your warmest audiences through retargeting, which is how you do that through your pixel, which is why that piece of the pie is so important um, for installing. And ultimately for my clients, the most profitable piece of their funnel where we can spend $20 and get thousands of dollars back in return for some of my service providers. Um, And even for my product guys, I can spend 50% less with those people than I do acquiring new people at the top of funnel because those new people don't know us. They don't Mm -hmm. like us. They don't trust us, right? They haven't been on our site. But the old people, they have all of that already. So all I have to do is find out the right offer and put that in front of them in order for them to convert. There's not as much that needs to happen there, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, that makes total sense. I love that. Cause I know and also too, you know, we see things online like, you gotta grow, you gotta get followers, you gotta do this, blah, blah, blah. But I totally agree with you. Like, you already have followers, like nurture them. I mean, yes, it is good to grow and we do need to continue to do that, but we don't need to like focus 100% of our time and energy on just getting new followers and getting new, new, new. We also have, you know, our clients and customers that have been amazing. So serve them, you know, like a balance of both really. Agreed. I totally agree. And I think one of
1: the biggest mistakes that people make with Facebook ads is going in and saying, okay, I am willing to spend $2,575 on ads. And you're like, where where did you get that number from? And they're like, well, I looked at my budget very carefully and that is how much I can spend in order to grow my audience. What should I do? Mm -hmm. And that is just such the wrong way to approach ads in general (laughs) when it comes to a, a running them profitably, we should look at how much value does one customer bring to your business. Okay, and then how how well is your email list converting? If I get you seven hundred emails with that five thousand dollars or whatever it is, um, how, how what will you do with them? How will you convert them? And that's where our retargeting, our email marketing. Are foundational pieces of what we do as digital marketers of posting on organic and giving them like an, a code through email, those pieces become so important um, after you initially acquire that person. So Facebook ads, Instagram ads is the beginning of what could be a really wonderful or a really horrible relationship if you don't have those foundational pieces, like a great email, um, conversations and communication going on. If you don't have offers going out to your warm audience, if you just forget about your people and your community, Mm -hmm. um, ads aren't going to be anything more than just kind of a money pit, which unfortunately is the reputation that they have. Right. Right. And that's, oh, it makes me so sad (laughs) because there's a way that we can look at how much, let's say it costs you $5 to get a new email. And then out of your whole email list, about 10% of them convert to be be your clients, whatever that might be, whether they buy a pizza or they're spending $10,000 with you as a service provider, whatever that looks like, 10% of your list is converting. That means in order for me to get you one new client, I have to essentially get you 10 people.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're
1: going to be spending a minimum of $50 per client. Now, if you're a pizza place, that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to make back your profits. But mm-hmm. if you have a way to increase your cart value, or if you're an online brand, let's say you're selling baby clothes or something, and your average order value is $200, we can spend $50 acquiring a new person for you, right? Right. So looking at those pieces of your business, when you start advertising from a, from a holistic perspective, from a a different point of view than rather than, okay, I have this much money to basically blow, right? Mm -hmm. That's not what we want to do with ads. We want to look at, we want to look at it strategically and say, if I know X and I want Y to happen how much do I need to spend to make that happen? And that's where we get our, our ad spend from. And for my clients, we approach all of the ways and the amounts and the how we do our ads very strategically and not from a place of kind of, I call it like the spaghetti strategy where you like throw spaghetti at the wall to see right. what sticks. Right. Right, we're doing it really strategically, and we say if my average order value is hundred dollars and ten percent of people on my site are converting, that means I'm going to be spending twenty dollars a person to get them to convert. Do am at that point? Am I still profitable? Yes or no? And kind of running through those KPIs, and then you're not advertising blindly. You're not going in and saying ten dollars sounds great for a lead. We know. That you need to acquire a new person for $5 or less in order for you to be profitable.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And it makes so much sense. Like, I love how you've broken it down into, you know, digestible, like a digestible way of portraying it so people can really understand the importance of it, you know? Um, And I feel like, like what you said too with advertising gets a bad rap. I feel like marketing sometimes in general gets that as well, you know? Like, people are just like, ugh. I don't want to market. I don't know how to do it. This is my budget. Let's do something. And I'm like, no, like that's not, that's not how we want to approach it. Like, it really is such a great growth tool. But like you mentioned, like you have the foundational pieces. Like there's so many different elements and they all have to work together to get you the best results, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that I think I think as it's it's hard. It's hard as business owners to be like, Okay, I have done everything for my clients today. I've I keep going back to this pizza example. I think maybe I'm hungry. I know I kinda <laughs> want pizza now. Like Friday's our right. pizza night. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So if you have a pizza shop, you're like, I've made pizzas all day. The last thing that I wanna do when I am done with my day is it talk about pizza, think about pizza, <laughs> like right. create like beautiful emails that feature pizza. I don't wanna do that, right? I just want to go home.
0: I wanna drink
1: a wonderful glass of wine and I just want to go to bed.
0: Right. Yeah. I know. Like, you know, we didn't, they didn't get into business to market all the time. You know, they got in business because they love feeding people and they love, you know, making pizzas and that atmosphere, you know, but I mean, you still have to do it, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And if you, if you are going to do it, because it's, it's sort of I feel like you're right, has this bad rep of like this necessary evil that you must do in order to be successful. But if you, if you approach it in a way that is strategic and where you and whoever you hire to be your advertiser, if you choose to outsource it are just really honest and candid with each other and say, okay, this is really where we need to be. That's when it becomes really exciting and fun and like, all right, well, that's, that worked really well. We got a 25 X return. Awesome. What else can we do? How else can we scale this? Um, especially when you as a business owner are not 100% responsible for that on your own, which can be the tough part sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's, I mean, it's a lot, you know, like as business owners, we're doing all the things. So, you know, trying to do something that you're not super familiar with or comfortable with or excited about just makes it that much harder.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, one of my clients recently, we had, um, uh, I have like a day, a full day package where we sit down and I teach all about how to run ads. I create, I help you create like this comprehensive strategy and it's really fun. And so I was sitting down with my client we were talking about it and their goal through this has been, they want to bring all of their ads in house. They're paying somebody else to run their ads for them. And it's just so much money. And they, they really feel like they could do this because they're Mm -hmm. providing all of the pictures. They're writing all of the copy. They're like, "I, I think we can do this. And so I love that initiative. We sat down with them. And one of the things that we saw is that actually there's a lot of holes in their strategy. And because they themselves are not marketers, they're not, they're not familiar with, with Facebook and Instagram ads as a platform, they totally missed it. So I also want to say that whenever you do decide to outsource, to make sure that you know what's going on. Your mm-hmm. partner should be able, whoever you choose to hire should be a partner in this and they should be able to explain to you exactly why your price your prices increased from week to week or what happened that made you know, our return on ad spend go up in one week? How did all of that? It should be something that they know and that they talk about with you freely. And so, um, I also want to kind of put a warning out there that you shouldn't be blindly outsourcing all of this stuff. Um, which is why it's so important for you also to be involved in that strategy piece of it and understand the numbers behind your business. Because if we know that your email list converts at 10%. How much more inspired are you going to be to send those people emails versus just kind of doing it without purpose, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And um, yeah, like I mentioned before, I was on the phone with someone this morning and she was asking if I knew anyone because she said she paid, you know, I think it, I want to say it was like 6,000 a month in like ad spend, but she tried it for three months. But she's like, I didn't make anywhere near what I was spending. And like, I didn't make my money back. And I didn't, you know, things weren't converting. We didn't get into like the details. um, Yeah. But it's just like, you know, I I hate hearing that, you know, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money for a business owner to, to not get any return, you know? And she was like, they told me that, you know, it would take a while. And I was like, well, I don't, I would think ads would work a lot quicker if they knew what they were doing. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they are trying to, grow organic SEO, you know, and rank number one, that's going to take you time. But
1: yeah. And ads is, so that's another thing that I think is a big misconception with ads is it is a money machine, right? Like you can put money in and then get money out and it's going to be really wonderful. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your, I've worked with clients where it takes us six or seven months to get their ads going. Now, those people are not the norm. Most of my clients, I say you should be seeing results in three months. On Mm -hmm. month one, you're doing testing. On month two, you're doing scaling. And by month three, you're, you're creating profits, right? That is sort of the, that's the method that we should be seeing. If your website does not convert, that's not going to happen for you. If your If you're, if you don't have it, if you're a product-based business and you have zero reviews on your website, that's probably not going to happen for you. So all of these pieces of your business that we're talking about that are foundational pieces and understanding your data will also help you understand if it's the right decision for you to run ads or not. Um, My clients that took six or seven months to perform Two months of that, we paused ads and we completely rebuilt their website because their website was not performing. Mm -hmm. We completely redid their brand because their brand was not resonating. And after that, we saw awesome results, right? But you have to have those, those pieces in place. And I think when you approach ads, you have to be, you have to be humble to under, to know and to say, if this is pointing to a problem, I, as the business owner, have to be able to admit that problem, walk away and fix it and try it again. And yeah. that I think where so many people get burned is they partner with somebody that's not honest with them, number one, and then they think they don't know why this happened and they they feel mad and confused and they feel like right. they got con, mm-hmm. which sucks. And then number two, you kind of you if you're not willing to admit that your site or your product might be the problem. Um, then you're, you're also, you're not fixing that problem. And so you never try again because you don't know what went wrong. Right. So I think those, those pieces are so important to being successful with ads long-term. And if, if you're not profitable, you should be with an advertiser that can say, Hey, this is, this is not normal. This is not what I'm used to seeing. And, Mm -hmm. and this is what I think is happening here's how I think we should move forward. I think you should stop paying me for a month or two and get this stuff figured out and then come back when you're ready because paying to send traffic to your, your audience and your customers right now is not going to work. And there are, there are clients in the past that I've done that with. And there are people that come to me and they're like, okay, Courtney, let's run these ads. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's look at your back end." And I say, I'm so sorry. I, this data is just, it's not going to work. We have to work on these things first. And let's talk again in a few months whenever those things do work. You know what I mean? When those things are in place and you're ready. Yeah. Um, and I think there are a lot of agencies that don't do that. A lot of agencies that just take on whoever, whenever, because they just want to make a lot of money. Right. Um, and, I, and that is where it can be dangerous and where you can end up investing, you know, Multiple tens of thousands of dollars into ads and get, nothing, get pennies back, and that it sucks and it breaks my heart when I see that happen.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. Like, I love that. And I, like I said, I didn't get all of the details, but I don't feel like they were like super open, like maybe this is what we should do, or maybe this is you know how we could change it or make it better. I didn't get that feeling. Yeah. Um, but you know, that happens like too. Like, I just took on a new client a month ago. And, you know, they've been chart, like they had this agency, a big agency too, um, in Portland that was doing all of these things. And I go in and I'm like, none of your stuff on your website has been updated since 2018. Like this is 2020, like why, you know, so it's just like, they're paying this huge budget, but they're not getting even results like that, you know? So I love what you said too, just to like do your research of who you're going to work with, whether it's ads or anything really like, yeah.
1: And how much more? vendor? can that feel as a business owner to be like, I know that I am paying $2,000 a month for website maintenance or whatever, $5,000 a month. And they are doing X, Y, Z. And I have checked on that. And I know that they're doing that. And being in that place of power, I think for us as small business owners just makes us, it makes us unstoppable really, because we know exactly what's happening when, where, how, and why, and Mm -hmm. every dollar is accounted for. And it, it ultimately, it leads to better profits and better scalability long-term, which is what we want to see.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, I love it. Um, I have a question. I don't know if this was like, I don't know. It's probably going to vary or something. Like what would like a good budget be for somebody to start? I mean, I guess it's probably going to depend on like their goals and what, you know, they're trying to achieve, but, yeah. Do you have anything yeah. to start with that?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I I always say that a good place to start is I want you to be willing to dedicate a minimum of $1500 a month mm-hmm. to ads. So that's about 50 bucks a day. Um when, when you get started and you want to use ads, not as a retargeting tool, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, but as a growth tool,
0: mm-hmm. you're
1: going to need a minimum of $50 to $100 a day to make that growth happen, which is between $1,500 to $3,000 a month in ad spend. That's not including like agency fees or who, mm-hmm. who you want to pay, or if you want to hire a marketer, like a marketing intern, it's not including those costs. Those are the fees being paid directly to Facebook and with that you can sort of divide up what I like to do is when in starting out it's like a 60 40 or even a 70 30 where 70% of your budget is being spent going towards new people and then 30% of your budget is going towards retargeting mm-hmm. as your audience grows you can spend more at the bottom because especially if you have pages and Um, if you have landing pages and email sequences that convert, you should, you should be spending more at the bottom than at the top. But if you're focused on trying to get as many new people into your sort of orbit as possible, doing a little bit heavier weight on the top of funnel, those new people is going to be really helpful. Um, and being an understanding, expecting that this isn't going to be overnight success and Facebook is not an ATM you have to be targeted and you have to have a strategy in order for it to be successful. But when you have that strategy, one of my clients just hit six figures in, in her revenue for like for our, our time working together during the pandemic. That's awesome. Yeah. Very exciting. And so it's, it's, once that happens, you get into a good flow and you're able to scale and you're able to kind of grow and make that happen. Um, But yeah, it's, it's all about strategy and having those proper foundations in place and being okay with investing. I actually have a colleague who is also a Facebook advertiser who's not quite as, she calls me very, um, a very, have a very Southern nature about me. I'm very sweet (laughs) and very like calm. And she's, she's not like that at all. And she tells her clients before they work with her that she says, I'm not your counselor. You need to, if you need help with being able to spend this money and not see a return quickly, you need to get, you need to get like a, a psychologist and you need to talk to somebody about it because I'm not that person. I'm going to build your ads, but I'm not here to support you in your, like in your mental breakdowns that right. inevitably <laughs> happen as a business owner for the first time that you invest. And I think it's so funny. I don't do that. I, I will talk my clients down from breakdowns all the right. time and <laughs> we cry on calls and it's like, it is what it is. As we like, basically birth out this entirely new piece of your business together, right? And, right? and so I think that that's an important piece to be involved in, but I, it is a trying process. So it's okay if you feel scared or you feel intimidated and you're kind of like ready to have a breakdown, like results are coming, things are happening. If you need help, please reach out for help to either a local expert um, or somebody that you hear on a podcast like this or some yes. sort of expert <laughs> in this space. Um, and reach out and ask for help, and mm-hmm. it, and let's make sure that your results are are ready to be scalable. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I love that. This has been awesome. Um, like I said, I don't do a lot of advertising, Um, and I I don't really plan on adding it to my mix either. But this has just been so great to share all this information with the listeners because, like you know, a lot of small business owners listen to this and. I'm sure they got so much information that they can, you know, start to like, okay, I can do this or, you know, like yeah. even Googling Facebook pixel, you know, <laughs> like, so just yeah. thank you like, for sharing all this awesome information. Of course. I'm so glad. I know that it was not the normal
1: bubbles and biz structure. So I appreciate you deviating a bit with me in order to share some of this, because I do think there has never been a better time to like jump in. Let's do this. Let's grow and scale your business. And let's, let's get, let's get us
0: all back to work and like, let's make it happen. Yeah, totally. Cause it is such a great way to grow your business. Like it really is. Um, so awesome. Um, I do have my last like five favorites. I want to ask you if that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, like I, we also have like a bubbles and biz, um, book club. And so I take all the recommendations of what people share on the podcast and we read them each month. Um, so that's Mm. why I always include this one. So like, uh, what's your favorite book, your favorite drink, your thing to do to relax thing to watch and place to go. And I can repeat those too.
1: (laughs) Okay, cool. So my thing, I have lots of favorite books, so I I've thought a lot about this. Um, my favorite book that I'm actually reading right now is called The Middle Finger Project by Ash Ambridge. Oh, that sounds fun. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And I'm not going to spoil all of her lovely anecdotes and the way that she created this book, but it is like the female empowerment, like let's do this thing that I'm just really into right now. Awesome. Uh, my favorite drink I used to live in Spain. And oh, so I, so cool. yes. So I love Spanish wine. It is my thing. Mm-hmm. I think that it's, I like, I think it's better than California wine. I think it's better than Italian wine. Like all of the wines, French, like whatever. I just, I think Spanish wine is the best. <laughs> so it's my <laughs>
0: most favorite. Um, it's good to know. I'm mean, going to have to keep an eye out for Spanish wines on my next uh, grocery store. You should. Ride. They're great. They are, they're amazing. They're
1: like, they're much, I I feel like they're earthier and they're just, they're bolder. They're like very bold flavors and I, I love it. Um, My favorite thing to do to relax. So I live on a ranch. It's about 3000 acres in Texas. And we like to go on hikes, my husband and I, with our three dogs. And it's just like this super fun, relaxing, like, let's go have a family outing. It's so, it's so great. I love it.
0: Yeah. That sounds amazing. Like how do you, how did you guys get into like ranching just, or so my husband's
1: family, um, has lived in Texas since it was its own country. They actually fought for Texas independence. Um, and they have lived on this same piece of property since 1847. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah, so like a legacy thing. I I did not choose ranching. I lived in <laughs> Madrid before I moved here, so Oh, are you so are you from Spain? No, I am not from Spain. I'm actually from the Houston area in okay. Texas, but I after college I moved to Spain. Um and my strangely enough, my husband who is also from Texas, his sister-in-law is Spanish. Oh. So he had connections over there too. Um, and we met and then he came over to Spain as well, and we started hanging out, and then we fell in love and got married, and now we live on a ranch in Texas. Oh my it's god, like you're a like a Hallmark story. movie. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, you don't even know. I I will have to tell you about all of the things. We like I hit on him in a bar with a pickup line, and then we like hey. lived abroad, and now we're like ranchers, and I'm the CEO. Like we've got all of the working. So like, if you are reality TV exec, let me tell you,
0: I'm ready for this because (laughs) I've got, I've got all the pieces. Yeah. That would be so cool. My husband and I, we had an organic uh, vegetable farm. Mm. And so we had like, we got, I got an email one time. It was like, we are interested in having you on a reality TV. And I'm like, dude, we go to bed at like eight o'clock. Like, we're, listen, like our daughter was like nine months old. And I was like, yeah. I don't know if you're, what you're really looking for.
1: Right. I that'd be cool. So like, I hope they me. reach out to you.
0: <laughs> right. Hopefully. I
1: mean, I don't, I don't know that we could actually make a whole TV show out of out here, but like there's cool stuff that happens. I was yes. on a call with a client the other day and it's like cowboy, like, so in Texas, when you're a rancher, you hire cowboys. That is still like a job. I don't know if people know that or not. Real life cowboys.
0: I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that those were.
1: Yeah. So they they have dogs that are trained to help herd cattle and they have horses that they ride. They're called like cutting horses. Oh yeah. They can separate out cattle really well. And anyways, they, yeah, you like, they have a day rate and you pay them to come help you. Yeah. So it's still a job. And so anyway, yeah. so it's like I look out and there's this cowboy like outside my fence, like running around getting cows together. And I'm like this life that I live,
0: what is happening right now? <laughs> that is so cool. You've got to like start filming that and sharing it. I would totally watch. it. <laughs> I know I really do. I see. Okay.
1: Maybe that's where I'm going to make my break into reality TV and and going to become famous. So everybody just watch <laughs> out. Courtney here. I'm on my way. <laughs> you heard it here
0: first. You heard it here first.
1: Uh, okay what was
0: the next thing um favorite thing to watch um other than cowboys riding by (laughs)
1: right um my favorite thing to watch I would say right now I'm really into the good doctor
0: Mm, I've heard of that is that um that's not the girl from Grey's Anatomy is it no it's not but I
1: love I've seen every episode every season of Grey's Anatomy so I also love that But The Good Doctor is what I'm watching right now actively, and we just had, I think it was the season finale of season three that just ended, Mm. and I am still reeling from it. It was very good, so yeah. Good to know. And then the last one was Place to Go, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that like anywhere in the world or like a place you go regularly?
0: Anywhere. Whatever comes to mind. Okay, so for anybody
1: that is thinking about traveling to Spain, (laughs) okay. I love the northern region of Spain. It's called Asturias and it is, it is so beautiful. It has the, the European mountains are called the Picos de Europa. They go all the way up until they hit the ocean and it is beautiful and gorgeous. And the people in that region are so kind and they are so welcoming and they have all of these beautiful traditions and they, oh, It is my most favorite place in the world that I've ever been. And it's so interesting and like so much history and it's, it's, oh, it's so great. So that is my most favorite place in the world is Astoria, Spain.
0: That sounds amazing. Um, I read a book. It was like a year or two ago. I can't remember the name of it, but it's about a girl. She was a British girl and she rode her bicycle all the way around Spain And she started up there in the northern part and then, like, went all the way down to the bottom. And just the history and, like, the way she described it, like, I've always just been like, man, I I gotta go to Spain one day.
1: Oh, you have to. It's so great. I mean, I'm lucky enough to have a sister-in-law and extended family over there because of her and their, just their culture and everything about them. I love Spanish people. I love Spanish food. I love Spanish wine. Everything about (laughs) Spain. I'm all about
0: it. That's so cool. Do you think y'all ever live there again or you're in, you're in Texas?
1: Um, I mean, we've got the ranch and if we could pick up the ranch and move it anywhere, we would probably move it there. But, um, for right now, we're just really grateful. We feel really happy and blessed to be out here in a place that has so much history for my husband and his family. And so, yeah, we're just kind of enjoying the time being here and, me having the flexibility to be able to build my business from wherever. I think that's kind of the fun part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Having an online business, you can live anywhere, go anywhere, do anything. And so maybe we'll live in Spain again, <laughs> but I have no plans. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Um, yay. Well, where can everybody find you? Like social media, website, all that good stuff. And I'll put this in the yes, podcast my website, okay, so it'll be in the podcast notes. My website
1: is courtneytarrant.com, Um, and then you can find me on Facebook or
0: Instagram, ads with Courtney, um, in either place. Also awesome. Yeah. Yay. Oh, this has been so fun. Um, I really appreciate you just sharing all of your knowledge. It's been so eye-opening and I just feel like, like I said earlier, I feel like you present it in such a way that's so digestible and that people can understand because I feel like it can be a confusing topic for a lot of business owners. I totally agree. And it's okay
1: if sometimes I'll do these sessions and people are like, Oh my gosh, Courtney, I feel so overwhelmed. Go back and listen to it a few times. That's mm-hmm. okay. If it takes you that many times to digest all of the information yeah. um, because it's a lot. And ultimately I've been working with ads. So we know I started my business five years ago, but I've been working in ads since 2012. So for eight years and in that time, like it has it grown and expanded so much. So trying to fit eight years of information into a short podcast can be tough. Right. Um, but I do my best to try to give as much value and as much information as I can, even if you have to go back and listen to it to it a few times.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Well, luckily it'll be like, you know, it's all recorded. So <laughs> nice. makes it easier. Grab some champagne nice. and listen to it again. <laughs>
1: yes. Thank you so much for having me today. I have so loved just our time getting to chat and getting to know you a little bit better. And, um, I'm so excited to be connected with your community. Thank you guys so much for listening and I can't wait to be back.
0: Yay. Yeah. We'll have to do it again. We'll have to do an update at some point.
1: Yes. Yes. Ads update all the time. So like we could do this every six months. We'll just like keep it rolling.
0: Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, yeah. Well, thank you again. Um, and thank you for listening everyone.